welcome to the Imposter Syndrome Files. I'm Kim Menninger, and I am so grateful that you are here. It's now been more than a year since I started this podcast, and I can't tell you how much I've learned and grown from the conversations that we've had here. As you may have heard me share, I have struggled with imposter syndrome and anxiety for much of my life, so this is a very personal journey for me. I do this podcast because I want us to share our stories with each other and to stop suffering in silence. Imposter syndrome is a pretty universal human experience and nothing we should be ashamed of. By listening to or supporting this podcast, you're helping me to advance my mission of destigmatizing this conversation and making it safe for everyone to be vulnerable and get the support they need. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to support this mission even further, please consider subscribing. And if you feel inclined to leave a five-star review, this really does help raise the visibility of the podcast so that others can find us. And please consider sharing with your friends. Lastly, if you have a story you'd like to share, connect with me anytime. I would be happy to interview you. Thanks again for being here. Welcome, Lucy. I am so excited to have this conversation with you today. And before we jump in, I'd love to learn a little bit more about you. Oh, I am so absolutely honored to be here. Thank you so much for having me, Kim. So I am a certified life coach. I help high achieving women, especially in life transitions to get unstuck, beat overwhelm, see clarity and reach new goals through strategic goal setting and mindset transformation. So the word I love to use is thrive. We all live and survive. Those are the basics, but I want to help my clients feel that their life is fulfilled and thriving. I personally transformed my own life from at one point feeling overstressed, unhappy, and unhealthy to now living my life of true joy and fulfillment and mindfulness. So I love to help other women make that kind of life-changing transformations. So I have made a lot of bold moves in my life to create this life, and I hope to inspire as many women as possible. And that's why I also have my own podcast show, The Lucy Lou Show. I consider myself... uh, unshakable optimist and I'm here to shed some of my positivity. <laughs> I'm really glad you are and I'm, I'm curious to hear more about your story and how it relates to this concept of imposter syndrome. So I'll start just by asking you that general question that I ask everyone which is what does imposter syndrome mean to you and then how if at all has it shown up for you? Imposter syndrome to me is a decision. Um, It's a decision to choose to let go of that and become self-confident. I always, always talk about confidence, and that's also a decision. And for me, that has always shown up because my name is Lucy Liu. So I have the same name as a celebrity. And Uh, By the way, I love her because she's so talented, but it has always been a part of me that keeps me kind of like an imposter because I feel like 
I will never be as great as her. I'm always going to be nobody because there's already a Lucy Liu out there who's so famous because you just simply do not have really another Julia Robert or Angelina Jolie in the world, right? Mm. So it always kind of affected my confidence and I think to me that used to hinder me in a lot of ways. Um, so I really have to check myself and think about it. Like when I want to do something, I have to it, um, intentionally bring out that confident version of me. However, through my decade of personal development and the work I have done, the inner work and um, the mindset work, now it actually became an asset to me. So. It used to hinder me, but because I made the decision, I choose to be an eternal optimist. I choose to be confident. I choose to not be an imposter. Therefore, it became my asset. So if we go back to the story of me in high school, because I live in Los Angeles and being so close to Hollywood, I actually signed up with a casting agency when I was in high school. And every time I went to an audition, you know, the casting director would like run out of his office and say, oh my God, oh my God, Lucy Lou's on our list. And then he sees me and he makes this like super obvious, apparent, disappointed look. <sighs> you know, it's me. So I had to go through a lot of inner work and it was this constant crush of confidence that actually made me more confident. You know, people think of me as a very confident now, but, you know, to look back in time, I think that actually gave me the confidence I need. So it doesn't matter where you come from, but when you make a very conscious choice that you're going to be confident and nothing's going to affect you, then it actually becomes your asset. So was there a turning point for you? Because it sounds like you have been on a journey, you mentioned the last decade of really personal development and, you know, kind of taking care of yourself and becoming a more confident person. Was there a turning point for you when you realized I need to think differently, do something differently? Absolutely. I, I think a lot of us always wait for that turning point, right? And that turning point never comes. So therefore, we're kind of stuck in the old self. And for me, I didn't really have a one big turning point where I was like, this is it, right? For me, it was all about these little aha moments I had that actually added up. Um, I started trusting that I am able to find my confidence the moment I choose to be confident. So I always say I am not an imposter. I do not have imposter syndrome, even though sometimes maybe I have to stop and think, you know, maybe like what's stopping me, what's like slowing me down. Um, but I'm very self-aware of my thoughts and I am constantly telling myself that I do not have imposter syndrome. And for my clients who experience this, the first thing I tell them to do is to add an X in front of that. For example, I'm an X uh, imposter, 
right? I'm an ex-perfectionist. That way we're kind of letting go of that old version of ourselves that you don't want anymore. So now I'm always on the constant lookout for times when I'm not as confident as I wish to be. And it's really like a muscle. So confidence is a muscle. And like I said, you know, those, all those auditions I went that I never got any part. Um, well, eventually I quit going to auditions because I wanted to be an entrepreneur instead of um, being in commercials. But those practices gave me those confidence. So if you want confidence, you have to actually go and practice, right? You have to make that decision. No, I'm, I'm okay with this. I can do it. I can totally do it. So it's that sense of self-awareness and making that decision for me that really changed everything. Two things that you're saying, I mean, I love what you're saying in general, but two things that are jumping out at me are the idea of the self-awareness, recognizing that you're even being triggered in that way, right? Because I think sometimes if we're not paying attention, we just accept the reality around us and don't question it. We accept, yes, I am an imposter or no, I'm not good enough or whatever it is that, it is that we're telling ourselves, right? And then the piece that I also like about what you're saying is this idea of making a decision, right? So having the self-awareness to recognize where we may be undermining ourselves and then to really decide very, very intentionally what we do with that and where we go from here. Absolutely. Mindset shift can happen from a moment to the next moment, right? You can be waiting on something for you know, all your life. And suddenly, if you really have that mindset shift, it can happen like in an instant. And just like when your phone is not working, you can reboot it. And we're the same way in our lives. We can always be very intentional. You can close your eyes, you know, um, ground yourself and think very intentional thoughts to intentionally reboot yourself when you open your eyes. And that is going to be your own aha moment, right? You don't have to wait for that, you know, big catastrophic event in order for you to force you to change something. You can give that reboot to yourself. You can reset yourself anytime or many times throughout the day as you need it. So let's imagine that I'm one of your clients right? and I'm hearing what you're saying. I'm telling myself I'm an ex-imposture, um, but I just don't believe it. I don't feel it. What, do, what else do I need to do to build that muscle that you're talking about? Oh, absolutely. It takes time to believe. Right. It has to be a part of you. And if you start thinking that you're an ex-imposter, it, it doesn't take just one day. It takes um, maybe, well, for habits to form, we need at least 21 days, right? So definitely throughout the first 21 days, you might have doubts in your head. But if you say it, you know, throughout the 21 days or even 30 days, write down your affirmations. I am an ex-imposter. And then that's the beginning. And then you have to switch to positive words, right? Then you have your affirmations should become, I am confident. So you let go of that old part of you, and then you have to instill the new part of you, 
right? What would um, think, this is what I usually ask my clients is that what would version 10.0, the completely fully confident version of you do and think? right? You have to start, we let go of the old part and we start embodying the, the version of you that you want to be. And you start acting and thinking and doing from that newly embodied version of you. And that takes practice, of course, but it's a process that once you make that true decision, and when I say making a decision, I mean a true decision, like you're on a scale of 10 out of 10 that you are motivated that you are actually going to do the work and it's going to take work but it's these daily practices these affirmations and mindset shifts that's going to add up these little things they might seem well it's just writing affirmations oh it's just journaling but you know a month from now three months from now, six months from now, you're going to be in a completely different place than where you started. I agree with you. And I, th- I think a lot, and I'm not, no neuroscience expert, but I think a lot about the idea that our brains believe what we tell it. And so mm-hmm. if we continue to feed our brains undermining messages about ourselves, then it becomes in some ways a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? And so to reframe that and to say things like you're talking about with these affirmations that are more empowered, more confidence-based, that over time we will start to believe that. How do you feel about the phrase fake it till you make it? Mm, There's a couple parts of that. I mean, fake it meaning... it's helpful in the very beginning, but um, you have, it has to be aligned with your values, Mm. right? If we're talking about being confident, yes, in that terms, it helps, right? Because there's so many public speakers, like professional motivational speakers, they're on stage doing their thing and yet they used to be imposters. And they have, I have heard many stories where they faked it until they made it and they no longer had stage fright or whatnot. So it has worked in that sense. But if we're talking about a way of living, like a lifestyle, then I'm against that because it's it's not aligned with your values, then you're not going to be happy about it, right? So there is a difference between how we use that phrase. I like that distinction because this question comes up all the time and I am a big proponent of authenticity. I like how you're bringing in the values piece because I think that's a critical piece of this, right? Is stay true to your values and you know sort of stay in alignment with what is real for you. And a lot of what we're talking about just like you said that it takes time happens gradually, right? So it doesn't mean that you go from a place of I'm a complete imposter who doesn't believe I belong on stage to being the lead in whatever (laughs) that, that stage performance is, whether it's, you know, being the keynote speaker at an event or whatever, uh, right? It's, you take these gradual steps that allows your brain to catch up along the way. Yes, but it's your decision and your power to start that progression, right? Right. 
Right. Exactly. And that's where the choice really it comes into play that I like what you're talking about, right? Because if we never make that choice, we'll always stay stuck, right? We'll always stay in this place that is not working for us, right? That's undermining our confidence in some way. And it requires action to build confidence. I always say, because I know for women in particular, at least myself, uh, I always like to study everything. (laughs) I like to take courses when I don't know something. (laughs) I like to read the definitive book that's out there. And when it comes to confidence, there's really no shortcut. You can't study confidence and become confident. You can only build your confidence through the action that you take. And if we continue to tell ourselves that we're not ready for something, we will never be ready for it because we're never, we're never going to be ready until we do it. Oh, absolutely. I'm a total course junkie too. But <laughs> um, yeah, and then a lot of people talk about uh book self-help right um but then you read so many books it becomes shelf help <laughs> um i run a women's empowerment workshop it's called i am remarkable it's an initiative that started with google and one of the research inside is that women don't go for something unless they're a hundred percent sure whereas men went for it when they're only 60% sure. So coming back to your point that women are are culturally instilled in that way that we're not self-promoting us and not trusting ourselves and always feeling not ready, it's across all cultures. And, and you talked about being stuck. And yes, anytime you feel stuck, there's only two ways pretty much to move forward is you need to make a decision or you need to make a change. There's no other way around it, right? And when we say make a decision, it's got to be one of those decisions that you're like truly, deeply, madly believing in it. You can't just like, uh, okay, I'll go with choice A instead of choice B. But you got to believe, okay, let's do choice A. And if it doesn't work out, we'll go with choice B. You got to be confident. You got to go in it like there's absolutely a way. It's just, it's okay if this way doesn't work. We'll just go the other way. And along the way, we'll see different sceneries and we'll learn a lesson and we'll have fun along the way. Is there anything else that you think we can do or, you know, the average person listening who may be still trying to figure this out, uh, steps that we can be taking, ways in which we can become more conscious of the messages that we're giving to ourselves? Absolutely. Um, For me, I always wrote down my gratitudes, right? Um, A lot of people do this. They write gratitude journal every day. What am I grateful for? But for me, it made a big difference when my coach told us to add daily wins. So instead of just journaling gratitudes, I started journaling my daily wins and they can be really small wins. And once you start journaling your wins, you feel better about yourself and you go to sleep feeling like a winner and you start seeing the smaller wins, 
right? Um, you know, while people have, you start thinking, well, I have one more follower. That's amazing, right? Or just one more email sign up. That's incredible. Like you start seeing these little wins and it makes you feel better about yourself and it gives you that momentum to keep going and these little wins add up. I completely agree with you. I'm a big fan of that process too. I always talk about keeping a daily log of your accomplishments or Mm -hmm. successes. I think that just as the same, just in the same way as the gratitude journal trains your brain to think about the positive, right? You're, you're just really training your brain to scan the environment, to look for what you're grateful for. When you're keeping track of your daily wins, you're training your brain to think about yourself in a more positive strengths-based way. Absolutely. And then you start seeing obstacles in your life, not so much as obstacles anymore, but like the little pebbles that are helping you pave the path to your success and happiness. I like that a lot. Uh, so, so how do you handle new challenges or do you, do you find that you still get triggered in these ways? Is it is it still the case that you're feeling imposter syndrome from time to time and you have to reframe or do you feel like you have put a lot of that behind you? I think I've put most of it behind me, but there are times that still creeps up. For example, when I started my coaching business, I was very afraid to use my name. So it took me really three months to think of a name for my coaching business. And I, so I really went nowhere. And that's when I kind of had to stop myself on the tracks and say, hey, you know, that's, that's not the confident version of you. So I embody immediately the confident version of me. And I um, just changed my name to Lucy Lou Coaching. And that's when I started having clients because they want to be confident like me. So it really is that decision and checking yourself and shifting your own mindset. So yes, it can happen, but the more you practice it, the sooner, the, the, the more expedited your process would become. And now, you know, I might just have like, Oh, maybe say if I'm like on a podcast interview the first time I was a little bit nervous, but then on the second one and after I'm like, Oh, let's just have fun. I'm having a fun conversation with Kim. Right. (laughs) So yes, it still comes up, but because I've made that true decision that I know what which version of me that I want to be. So it's very easy for me to say that, okay, um, yeah, here I am. I need to show up as the embody the version of me that I am in the future, who I want to be now. Mm, I love that. I really love what you're saying. And I'd love to wrap up with a couple of final questions. Number one is what motivated you to want to tell your story today? And two, what are you hoping people will take away from it? Really, this is the same motivation that I started my podcast. I'm like, okay, here I go again. I'm nobody, you know, I really don't have a following. Um, Nobody knows about me. And they they probably think this girl just wants to, you know, use Lucy Liu's name or, right? So we all have these similar thoughts or self-doubts in our head that goes on on a daily basis. But really, when I started, um, I want to make a contribution 
to the world. I want to make a positive contribution. And even that means just to help one person in the world, I have done a good job. And obviously, uh, by putting out my podcast, I do get messages where I, I was, they were inspired by me to take some action. I have three ladies that started their own podcast because I talked about how I, you know, I had imposter syndrome and how my name affected me from doing things. So yeah, you see, you just have to have that um, value and I've done my job. I want to continue to inspire women to show up more confidently and inspire hope and inspire happiness. So it's just this my intention and that's where I come from, where I come from a place of service that's greater than anything else. So therefore, I'm living a happy day. When I wake up in the morning, it doesn't matter you know, if I have a transaction or not because I'm making a difference in the world. And that keeps me smiling. And that's what I want for everyone. I love your energy, Lucy. And I'm so grateful that you came here to tell your story and to give us some of your tips on how to build your confidence. Thank you so much. Well, thank you, Kim, again, for having me. And to all the beautiful souls listening, thank you for tuning in. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to stay connected, please join the Leading Women Discussion Group, which meets every Thursday at 12 p.m. Eastern. This is a place where women come together to discuss questions or challenges related to leadership development and career management. It's a great place to learn from, support, and connect with other women on similar journeys. In addition to the weekly calls, we also have a Facebook group and a Slack channel where we stay connected and support each other please join us there too. You can check out the show notes for the links. Before we wrap up, if you like this podcast, I would love to share another podcast with you that I know you will enjoy. Do you ever find yourself playing small? Do you want to take risks, but in the end, you end up taking the safe route? Does your inner critic keep you from reaching your full potential? As counterintuitive as it often feels, We don't become confident first and then take action. It's through our actions that we build our confidence. That's why one of the greatest ways to manage imposter syndrome is by taking brave and bold action. If you want inspiration and insights to help you to take action and to be brave at work, then my friend and colleague, Jen Pastikas' Brave Women at Work podcast is for you. Jen and I met when we interviewed each other for our podcasts, and I knew instantly that Jen and I shared a similar worldview and a commitment to empowering women to be our best selves. On her podcast, Jen digs into common challenges such as perfectionism, boundary setting, and burnout, all to empower us to shift our mindsets and play bigger in the workplace. You can find the Brave Women at Work podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. Visit the show notes for the relevant links. Thanks again, and please stay in touch.